Father, thank you for this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for enlightening our eyes and understanding. Father, we thank you for how you are helping us to become selfless Christians so that we can become who you have called us to be. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that will come to us, the training, the revelations, the insight, and how you're going to um, prepare us to, uh, to, be, to better prepare us in becoming selfless parents so that we can raise your children in the way they should go and so that they can do what you have called them to do so that they can become who you have called them to become in the name of jesus thank you holy spirit for in jesus name we have prayed amen because of the problems we have we had earlier on um i will need to make extra 10 minutes with you guys today so uh we have to uh, with 10 minutes over time praise the lord so today i'm gonna move fast a little bit a, just a little bit not too fast right because i have so much to share with you guys you know and it's not about me sharing but to impart in you guys praise the lord so uh, let's turn our bibles to our key text for today so proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 i was reading on from there so if you're still there so we can you can carry on with me reading this morning proverbs 22 verse 6 the king james version reads it this way so train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it uh, the amplified renders it Train up a child in the way he should go, in bracket, and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. You can turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. And it reads, Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment but to rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Let's take Ephesians 6, 4 again from the Amplified. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but to rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. I spent some time on this verse last week. Helping us to understand that in training a child, raising the child in the way it should go, in the, she must be in the context of the Lord, in the context of God, God's plan and purposes for him, in the context of what God wants to do with the life of the child. I tried to explain to us last week that though a child, though we procreate, we've been blessed with the supernatural ability, biology, they say, right, to, uh, to make a baby biologically, you guys know what I'm talking about. However, the spirit in the body of a child comes from God. Amen. The spirit in you comes from God. As a church family, I have spent weeks and weeks, times and time to help us understand that human beings are triune in nature. We, have, we, are, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in the body. The Bible tells us in the book of James chapter 2, I think verse 26, that, that as uh, the body is lifeless without the spirit, so faith without work is dead. So, Human beings are not just a body, we have a spirit, we are a spirit. A body is useless if the spirit is not in the body, the breath of life is not in the body. So a child is not just a body, a child is a person. A child has the spirit, in, has a spirit in him and that spirit, I believe, comes from God. Praise the Lord. Uh, but one important thing we must bear in mind is this. According to Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24, it reads, he who spears his rod hates his son. Yeah. 
no parent, reasonable parent, good parent will hate their child. I believe so. No parent, no reasonable parent, no parent in their mind will, in, in, in their, who is in their right mind will hate their children. Right? But the Bible says that if you don't discipline your child, you hate him. If you don't train your child, you hate him or her. I, I live in the in, in United Kingdom in England and I see a lot of misbehavior among parents. You know, I remember I, I remember times, several times, but on one particular occasion, my wife and I were, were um, visiting one of the we're shopping in one of the major uh, grocery store here in Milton Keynes. And the mother literally was dragging the child on the floor. Oh, no, 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 that's, that's a different, uh, that was a different scenario. But the, this particular scenario I'm talking about, the child laid on the floor and would not get up. Rolling on the floor and would not get up. Uh, the instance I was trying to, that clashed with this one, was when someone was dragging the child on the floor because the child would not stand up. No, my child cannot try that nonsense with me. You know, there's a look you give the child. I'm not saying children will always be in their right mind. But there are certain principles and discipline in the house. And I'm not talking about beating up the child, which border, border lines with abuse to some extent. But we'll talk about that one in the future. But what I'm trying to say is this. Well, in England, where I live, I see parents give so much power and liberty to children who does not have any brain. <laughs> I'm not insulting the child. I'm saying that a child is not born with common sense. A child is not born with common sense. What a child is born with is selfishness. A child is not born intelligent. A child is trained to be intelligent. The intelligence in a child is cultivated. A child is born with potentials, but it is the parents who cultivate, who prunes a child to bring out the potential God has put, has put inside of them. So it's like you have a fertile land. You have a land, you know, we have a good land, you know, a rich and, you know, a, a land with potentials. If you don't cultivate the land, remove the weed, you know, and some other things that, um, in, in, that farming requires or involves that I can't go into details this morning. If you don't take care of a soil, right? What you, the best you get out of it is weed, thorns, bush, uh, thorns, and all kind of, you know, horrible weed and kind of um, yeah, unwanted plants. Amen. Even making the environment where the land, where the piece of land is located, making it even impossible for you to access. And even even if you dare to plant something good in that land, because of the weed and because of all of the thorns on the, that have grown in the land that you did not deal with or uproot, they will destroy your plant. Have you ever seen anywhere in this world where someone tries to plant, you know, um, plant a farm or is that grave? I don't know the right word to use here now. Who wants to? Who has a farm, right? They want to. Build a farm. I can build my, my work here. Have you ever seen anyone who tried to build a farm and not take their time to remove every weed and every evil thing that could destroy their harvest or kill their plant? Have you ever seen that? So if you have never seen that, never expect that a child, right, left to his own devices or her own devices will make a good adult. No. There's work to be done on the child. A child has potentials. A child does not have the brain to decide or sense to decide what is good for him or her. 
Amen. So if a parent don't discipline a child, which I'm going to go into details, if a parent do not train a child, you hate your child. The Bible say, you know, um, in the New Testament, the Bible equates hatred to murder. This may sound extreme. So the Bible says, he that hateth his own brother is a murderer. Paraphrasing the scripture. So if you don't train your child, this doesn't, I know this doesn't feel nice. I know I speak the truth. No matter how in love I say it, truth does not always feel good. Right? So get it. Right. Now, if a parent don't train a child, you are a murderer in the making. But just that you are not taking a gun, you are not shooting a gun at your child, you are not, you know, you're not stabbing them, but you are giving them up for assailants to, to assassinate them. And when I say assailant, I mean the devil, the toxic and evil culture we live in because a child you don't empower will be taken captive by the forces of this world. I repeat, a child you don't empower to stand on his or her own, I'm going to go into training shortly, will be, will, be, <laughs> will be a captive of the forces of darkness of this world. I was trying to remember a video to share with you guys of the riot, one of the riots in the US. Young people, we've had instances in the UK where uh, teenagers went on a rampage, you know, and kind of shut down the nation in a, by, back in the day. That's what you get when a child is not trained. They are subjected to the influence of anything in this world. Why do you want that to be happen? So whether you like it or not, the, as the Bible says, I didn't say it, but he, speared the, he who spears his rod hates his own son, hates his own daughter. He who hates his brother is a murderer. Praise the Lord. I didn't say it. I just told you what the Bible is. The Bible did not, is not accusing or pointing fingers. The Bible is, is amplifying the importance to train a child. Praise God. So last week before we shut down, I was talking about parenting. What is parenting? Parenting is, the, is a process that prepares your child for independence. Parenting is the process or a process that prepares your child for independence. I love this. Parenting promotes and supports the physical, emotional, social, spiritual, and cognitive development of a child from infancy to adulthood. <laughs> Congratulations on becoming a parent. Hallelujah. Did I say two weeks ago that to be a parent by a biological state or relationship with a child is different from parenting. Amen. So if you have not done a good job parenting in your, according to your own estimation, this is not to accuse, don't, don't blame yourself. Don't beat yourself up. You did not know better, right? And maybe I have some thought too in this instance because I struggled with God to accept this calling, not knowing how much life depends on what I'm called to do. And there's a lot of story behind it because I was a product of the brokenness and the damage of traditional church controlling an abusive church environment. At some point in my life, I did not want to ever have anything to do with the church, to be involved in anything or the other, or take responsibility because of the evil and the wickedness I saw in church leaders and how they treated me like, it, it's crazy. So I'm not trying to pass the blames in the kind of stuff. I'm just saying that, you know, I have a part to play here to prepare. I have accepted my calling and assignment a long time ago. Uh, some of you may have met me and you'll have learned some of those things and some things may not have happened to your child. So don't blame yourself. Don't blame me. What has happened has happened. Let's move forward. Praise the Lord. So 
Parenting promotes and supports the physical, emotional, social, spiritual, and cognitive development of a child from infancy to adulthood. So when you are looking at your child as a parent, you should be thinking of how do I help my child to develop physically? Give them good food, right? Not what they want to eat. Not like someone that I know that would, they would gladly eat McDonald's all their life. I get me, which is affecting their health in one way or the other. And I was trying to see that the parent to say, what this, and because this person has a lot of you know, health issues, what this person is feeding on, can you try to help them? This is an adult. Don't give them, Lord Jesus, help me here. Praise the Lord. I'll leave it. Right. So physical, emotional, I'm going to get into that because we need to learn to train children to be emotionally strong. I didn't get much of that growing up. I didn't get many of the things that I'm sharing with you guys. I didn't get literally any of them. Amen. I was raised by a single mother. The best she could do was to just hustle, hustle, hustle to ensure she's able to put um, a roof over her head and feed the kids, you know, you know doing, attaching one business to something or the other. You know, just to be able to, to ensure that she's able to look after the kids. So I'm a pro, I was raised by a single parent. So I never had anyone all my life to sit me down to talk to me about physical development, emotional development, social, spiritual, cognitive. I had nothing. <laughs> Amen. And hence, I'm still quite very much broken and um, you know, trying to fix my life and stuff like that. And one, okay, well, hence, I'm not a billionaire today. So, <laughs> amen. I'm not trying to trust anyone. But I had none of this. So, I'm speaking to a child here, to a teenager here, if you're on your own, or even a single mother or a single father or an individual grown up here. Now, you may not have had the best of parenting, or you may not have been parented at all. Right. It's not it, that, that that is not enough for you to fold your hand, throw in the towel and give and use it as an excuse to be to be a, a liability to society, to be a pain to society. Now, your parent, you may not have. Okay, what about people who did not have a parent yet to make something good out of their lives? Why are we always comparing ourselves? Some of us, not all of us. Why are we always comparing ourselves to the non-good examples? The examples are not good. Why are we not benchmarking our lives against the, 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 the good examples in the society? Someone says that a misery loves company. Why are we keeping company with miserable people who, just, who are narcissistic, toxic, who justify their evil behavior, bad practices on other people? Why don't you take control, control uh, take back control of your life and then make something out of your life? Get ready and next week by God's grace, but maybe to smash this today, next week I'm going to be talking about becoming a selfless child. Amen. A selfless child. Praise the Lord. Let's carry on. So in independence, I love this. So don't forget that one of the definitions of parenting is the process that, that prepares your child for independence. Ho, 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 I love this. Right. What's independence? Independence is to be free from outside control. To be free from outside control. To be free from the control of the forces in our culture. The Bible says it is for freedom that God has given us freedom in Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible makes us to understand the book of Romans chapter 5, that having received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we are to reign as king in our dominion in this life in Christ Jesus. 
Right. So the Bible clearly tells us in many instances, many verses, that we were not created to be under the control of anything. If God would not control you, so why should someone try to control you? It is the devil who tries to control people, who tries to manipulate people, hijack people's will, and make them do things against their normal or natural proclivity, what they want to do, what they think is right for them to do. And that is why we ensure that we, we don't give ourselves to demonic practices, to sin, because that once you open up your life to the devil, to sin, to ungodliness, sexual immorality, and these things, when the enemy and the demons come in, they are going nowhere. And it takes a lot sometimes to recover or to get oneself free from these things. I feel like saying from my spirit that, I guess this is for someone, so the things that the world, the ungodly world, celebrate and, and uh, portray to you as fun, pleasure, they are captive and the bondage of the enemy. Took hold you captive. If the, any, if, the, if the Bible says, don't go, don't do this. If you don't have, if it's not explained to you, why don't you find pastors like me and some awesome other leaders to explain certain things to you as supposed to turn your as supposed to turn your back completely on what the word of God says and go in the direction of the practices of this world that will ruin your life. I feel like to, to share this. I was reading I was reading a story of a young girl. So three of them they got into uni and they just wanted to have all of the fun they wanted to have. So they were hooking up just Shagging or just sleeping with boys, you know, like in turns. And it was just, it was not a pity, it was a kind of party, wild party uh, thing that they went for. So the following day, they, they, so they got drunk, they slept too, they slept, they slept too long, right? They overslept and they were late to lectures. So kind, great, uh, thankfully, they were able to meet a lecturer who knew what has happened about it. This guy was a Christian, he knew what has happened. And he asked them, he said, so how did they enjoy last night? And all of them were talking about how exciting it was, how beautiful it was. They had the best moment of their life, blah, blah, blah. But one girl was, one of them was honest enough. She broke down. Obviously, I guess the man of God or the, 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 the Christian who asked them, asked them was asking by the Spirit. She broke down. And she said, it made her hated herself. As she's feeling depressed, just useless. But when the question was asked, her first reaction was, young girls, are you listening to me? Her first reaction was, it was fun. We had a good play. We had, but to be honest with herself, she just said, you know what? This is how it makes me feel. Then all that girls too opened up and were honest to say, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Now, girls, what I'm saying is this. The fact that people on TikTok, on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, the fact that they are smiling and laughing, screaming, you know, uh, with the kind of um, expression of enjoyment about something ungodly they are doing does not mean that's exactly how they feel. Don't go by the happy expression you see on social. They were put up. They are being put up. The Bible says that, you know, every sin a person commits is outside the body, but the, sex, sex, but the sin of sexual immorality is against the body. 
And the Bible makes us to understand that when we give ourselves to, to sexual immorality, we are destroying our soul, our mind. Except the Bible is, uh, say, is, is lying. See, I've done all manner of stuff in my life. And I can tell you what the Bible says about that is accurately correct. And that's why many of you in your own room, when you are by yourself, you are dealing with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, right? But you're still practicing these things that are bringing you into this depressive state or keeping you in the depressive state. Why don't you try to be honest with yourself for a second that this thing is not making me happy? Why do you want to keep making your friends feel good and happy and to accept you at the detriment of your own life and destiny? When will you grow up to become honest with yourself to say, I've had enough distance, it's killing me. That's a word from God to someone there. So let's carry on on my, on my on our journey this morning. So independence, free from outside control. Another definition is this, not depending on another for livelihood. So parenting requires you training your child that when they grow from infancy to adulthood, they learn how to look after themselves, take a job, run a business or something so that they don't keep coming back home to stress you financially. Because the time may come in your life, depending on your financial journey, you might be retired and what you have to yourself is just enough for you to look after yourself, your wife, you know, just carry on with whatever God has called you to do. But when your child keeps coming back to you, say for instance, your son, and, and he puts the responsibility of looking after his family, his wife, and three children on you, it's going to stress you. So parents, we need to learn to treat, to, to, tra- to develop our children. Now, you may not have the financial or the economic skills to train your child in this area, but you need to recognize it so that you can find experts in this area or in the church who can help your child to be financially independent or to look after themselves, to, to be free from the outside control of credit card. You need to train your child not to live beyond their means, not to buy what they don't need. There's some eyelashes that are not necessary. Why do you need them? Teenagers, you run away from church. I believe that. No, some eyelashes are not necessary. Some sneakers are not necessary. Want to hear the truth? Want to hear the truth? Oh, my wife doesn't feel embarrassed with this. My wedding band is eight pounds. My wedding band is, is eight pounds. You know, I was working, I think I was working at Asda. Uh, I was working in a warehouse when we were about to get married there, and I got a job, you know, paying, uh, paying about I think eight pounds an hour about, uh, about 10 years ago, about 13 years ago now. Paying, no, no, I think 10 years ago. Go ahead. Paying eight pounds an hour, and I had to travel out of town to do a job of eight pounds an hour, right? I was gonna get married. The kind of ring I wanted, I think, it was about forty something pounds or fifty something pounds, and um, they, it wasn't available. So uh, it was gonna be delivered after my wedding. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I need to go into that wedding with a band. I need to go with something. So I got this one, eight pounds, and it's been nine years now that we're married. Honestly, I don't see any reason for me to upgrade it. Well, okay, why am I wearing wedding band? So you guys can know that I'm, I'm married yet, right? But I've spent thousands of pounds on other, other items. My, my office chair, I, I use, you guys may not be very familiar with office equipment. I, I sit on, I'm a million, uh, Aaron is about a grand. My, my desk alone and everything so far is about four or five grand. Those are the things that are valuable to me because that's where I get the job done. That's why you get to invest in my mind. And why did I buy Herman Miller? Because of my back, I have some long, long, uh, long-term back issues. I'm, just, I'm trusting God for healing that area and to get stuff done, I mean, to, to get me right. But, you know, what we what we empower my mind and help me to remain independent from external forces what i put my money into praise god 
So why should I go buy a ring of 6,000 pounds? For what? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, let me know again. <laughs> let me again. So parents need to learn to, well, sometimes I understand that when personally we've not been able to, when we are not kind of educated or trained or not haven't trained ourselves to be financially independent, we can't pass this, that, this uh, down to other people. And that's why I'm saying, I mentioned last week, uh, when we were having our round table as a church family, that as I was studying and parenting, I realized that there, was, there, were, there are gaps in my own life. There are things I didn't have in my own life. And if I don't start acquiring those knowledge and training, I might not be able to pass it on to my kids. So as I do more study on parenting, I'm finding areas in my life that I need to work on and I want to work on those areas. So the fact that you are a parent now, right, you're an adult, does not mean you should not go back and look at your, your life to identify the areas of, life, of your life you need to improve. Don't forget, I asked you a question last week. I said, when your children leave home, what would you be doing with your life? If you're narcissistic, toxic, controlling, you know, intrusive into the life of your children, it shows there are problems in your life. Why don't you take a, sit back, take a step back and pray and look for materials that, that will help you to be independent, not thinking your joy and your happiness have to be dependent on your children. Praise the Lord. Am I speaking this morning, church? Praise the Lord. So, Independence, not relying on another or others for aid or support. Some of us were trained to borrow money. I saw a lot of this growing up. But to borrow. And when I say borrowing, I'm not talking about mortgage, investment, and some other things. But just to look after yourself alone. See, and I'm not trying to accuse anyone or point fingers at anyone here. The truth is, is what you don't have, what you were not giving you, you don't have. But what I'm doing this morning is to call your attention to what you need to do, man, men and women, we need to wake up. See, we can't accuse our parents. Some people lost their children. Some people are orphans. And many orphans have made something great and fantastic, fantastic, spectacular out of their lives. So if we have not been on that journey of developing the potentials and ability of God on the inside of us, it's a wake-up call. Say, this is not to depress you or make you feel down. No, this is to help you. Amen. Lord Jesus, help me. Shall I jump? Shall I jump? Shall I jump? Okay, let's do this. Right. So, independence is helping your children to be able to refuse to be under obligation to others, especially negative things. Now, the Bible tells us that we are not obligated, we are not obliged to our flesh. The unrenewed part of our mind, the sinful part of our mind, we are not obligated to fulfill the desires of the flesh. We are not dead to the flesh. So we should not allow sin or the sinful propensities in our mind to control us. Likewise, we need to learn to train our children to be able to stand their ground and to refuse to give themselves to McDonald's or some, some evil, some ungodly food that ruins their health. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's carry on. So, I need to call, call out something very quickly. The downsides of selfish parenting, uh, self, selfish parenting. Most of the time, parents are focused on what they want to get. And I covered quite a lot of stuff last week. I know when they are self-focused on what they want, you know, having a child, raising a child in the way they want the child to go, which most of the time do not align 
with God's plan and purpose for, their, for themselves. Now, you know, the Bible says that do not provoke your child to wrath. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Now, selfish parenting ends up, you know, <clears throat> selfish parenting ends up making a person to raise a rebellious child. Because selfish parenting most of the time does not have a healthy relationship. Yeah, selfish parenting does not have a healthy relationship because, because a healthy relationship's relationship looks for the good and the benefit of the parties, all the parties involved. A selfish and self-focused relationship is toxic. It is parasitic. It looks at what it can get at the detriment of the other person or not minding the state of the other party. Am I making any sense this morning by God's grace? Praise the Lord. So, selfish parenting will produce rebellious children. Now, friends, we are not wired to be used. We're not, we, we're not, pro, we were not wired or designed to be, to be used as product. And that's why when, every, when, it, when a girl feels like used and dumped, it breaks them. The same thing, guys. Right? Many people have become rebellious, toxic, destructive, angry today because people have used and dumped them. Because human beings, and we are people. We're a person. Now, God saw you so precious, even when you were in your sinful state, that Jesus came to die for you. So if God places so much value on human beings, why have we become users of people? So I'm challenging us to begin to change how we see people. Now, this is very common. It's a, nat it's a natural tendency of human beings to just want to get what they want to get. But I'm training my church to learn to think about the other person even when they're asking for something. How will it affect the other person? When you want to ask for a favor, try to understand what it will cost the person and ensure that you're very open and clear to understand that it's something that will be convenient for them or not. Someone said to me one day, I'm going to the state. If you need anything, I can get it for you. I can bring it down for you. I have an empty suitcase. Okay, my wife bought something about three kgs there about. And when we showed them, okay, you said you have empty case. Okay, these two tubs, ah, pastor, it's too big, it's too big. And they left the items back there after having several conversations with them. And we didn't start the, I didn't start the conversation. You said, you're going to the state, you, 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 can, you have an empty suitcase, you can bring anything for me. And I needed something because, I, because, you know, I've had members travel back home to Nigeria, even in the same city as my mom, and I never asked them to help me send anything to my mom, even though I had things to send. No. See, I, God did not call me to plant a church to use the people to fulfill my own desires or get what I want. No. So the reason why I mentioned that instance is this. So if someone, if you offer to help someone after they have looked and reviewed, <laughs> you, know, you know, what it will cost you, right? And you then turn them down. How do you think they will feel? Amen. So let's try to develop a comprehensive, holistic view of how we do things. Don't be narrow-minded. Don't be self-focused. To me alone, this thing destroys the church. Where there's selfishness and envy, there's uh, confusion and every evil work. In James chapter 3, verse 16. So selfish parenting breeds rebellious children. Angry children. 
When you don't raise a child according to his own gift or bent, God's abilities in him, it strains the relationship because they feel used, manipulated for your own good. I know lives, I mean, I know. I've been in counseling sessions of lives literally ruined because of the evil self-centeredness of the parent. This is common in Africa and Asia and Asia communities. When the parents want a particular thing, and because we were raised to be a culture of respect, our parents, not all of us, our parents, most of them, many of them, manipulate, use us to get to what they want to get. It is wickedness. So, and these things, you know, this rebellion, you know, breeds things like um, emotional abuse, irritation, anger. Right. See, I'm not saying that a child, there will, be, there will be no strained relationship in the family sometimes, even though you raise the child properly, but ensure that you do things right. Be focused on what God wants to do in the life of a child as opposed to what you want to get out of it. Amen, Lord Jesus. I promise I want to show you, I want to share with you six points, six areas where you need to uh, train your children, but I don't think I'm going to be close at all. Lord, help me, because I need to do a good job. I'm not a preacher who comes to pour a word on you, share a word with you, and after the service, I'm so excited that I preached a powerful message. No. I am a trainer. And that's why I share my life with you guys, so that you guys see how I do things. Though many people see it as weakness, and many people have taken me, grant, uh, taken me for granted, Many people have been abusive, insulting, have all manner of... In this, this one year, one and a half years that we launched the church, I've seen all manner of things that I can see that made... So I've made some pastors to commit suicide. When you serve, you labor, you toil for people, and they didn't treat you like a piece of trash. Sometimes you're thinking, am I well at all? Am I, am I watching a movie or am I in real life? See, but that will not stop me. I said to my wife, I said, this is how I saw Jesus, pastor. But I think I now know better anyway because um, people, before people can be allowed to get into my space, you have to prove yourself as a person who is worthy of trust. Even sometimes, some people you've trusted for so long, yet they still mess up. But I'm adjusting. So sorry to say, I'm going to trust people very quickly as I used to do anymore. Sorry, uh, but this is a new re- um, Because I, I will not allow people to keep stabbing me on the back, throwing me under the bus because I am open, transparent, honest, caring, and I labor. Amen. Now I'm much more conscious, aware that we live in a, most Christians are consumerist in their thinking. They have a mindset of a use and dump. And I've seen it at least three instances in this church. These people have left the church now. The moment they got to what they were looking for, they felt comfortable, healed, life is good for them. They checked out and they didn't check out, you know, nicely. They checked out leaving behind a sour taste, wickedness, madness. And I see on social media pastors talking and just angry because how do people become so consumerist in their mindset? But I thank God for the opportunities given to me. I'm raising a people who will not be consumerist in their mindset, who will shape culture. And that's why every Sunday that I come, I speak the truth and love. I'm going to tell you the truth. And please get offended quickly enough and get out. Please get offended quickly enough and get out so that I can know the few, the 12 like Jesus, no, 
Judas went on that way. The leaven that God has given to me that will go and cause a revolution. I'm not in for 5,000, being in 5,000 church. So, you know, many of my friends have, have, have left many friends who have seen that they are not people conscious to raise people, train people. They want to grow a, a big church and they rate and estimate me based on how the numbers I have. See, every, even every individual that comes through this door matters to God and I will treat them as much as possible the way God wants me to treat them. Everybody matters. One person, if I, if I only get to pastor my wife and one person and I pastor them well that they are able to step out and be worthy or pass on the discipline and the training to their children and as a result, they, 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 they revolutionize the world. I will be joyful in my soul. Bible study. You guys are leading Bible study. Next year, 2024, you don't know what's coming. Please, if you want to get offended, please get offended very quickly and get out. Now, getting out may sound, like, may sound mean and hostile. And I mean everything I'm saying, and I'm not angry. I mean it because I've seen a lot of madness in the church and how we have become, we have, we, we, we have made Christianity to a large extent unappreciated. I mean, I'll put it this way how the Bible says it. He said, many unsaved people are maligning the name of the Lord because of our own attitude and behavior. Our attitude and our conduct has brought disrepute to the name of Christ. And I'm not saying this is how I started. I was like that too. But I stand on the journey of knowing what is right and doing it. And that's what I'm calling us to do this morning to as parents in parenting. Praise the Lord. So leading to, okay, I've, I've covered that. And I also said that, you know, when we are selfish in our parenting, you know, we pass, we pass down bad legacy to even generations unborn. Because the way you raise a child, a daughter, most likely is how she's going to raise um, a daughter. And I've seen this several times. People, women, unkind to their daughters, hostile to their daughters, because that's what they got from their mother. So, this is a, a wake-up call for you to examine the context of your relationships. Your relationship with your kids. How is it going? Is it toxic? Are they rebellious? Instead of focusing on their rebellion, do you want to check, what am I not doing right? What do I need to change? What do I need to adjust? Go to God in prayer. If you need to apologize for certain things, apologize. But don't apologize to a, to a child whose head is not correct. Because you didn't, give, you, you didn't build their sense of entitlement. If you need to, excuse me, you need to have one-to-one -one conversations, have the conversations. Get books, read books, talk to your pastor. Unfortunately, sad to say, with all due respect, not many pastors are mature enough to coach you in that direction. So you go get a book. So it's not for you to leave a church or to look down on your pastor. With all due respect, not many pastors understand what it really means to be a pastor. Many pastors, how they were trained into pastoring is numbers. Get the offering, send it to head office. That is what majority of pastors are taught, especially in Nigeria, where I come from. It's, very, it's only very few of us that, by the grace of God, have come to really understand that pastoring is about building people. See, I can come here and give you Hebrew word, Greek word, you know, and everybody gets excited. But how are you living your life from Monday to Monday, Sunday to Sunday? How are you living the Christian life in your life? Do you know how to how to do you, do you know how to live out your Christian life even in the place of work? That's my job to help you to be solid Christians. 
mature believers, exemplifying Christ, representing Christ well, not going to bash people with all manner of scriptures in the workplace. So which means there's a lot of study that I'm doing, a lot of reading that I'm doing, because I need to really understand the concept and the scope of humanity, the sectors in the world, finance. Literally, I have to read as wide as possible so that I can, I can ensure that one verse of the Bible is relatable to nearly every area of your life. That you can be confident to say, I'm a, I'm a child of God. And that when you get into the world, you are not stupid, you are not looking irresponsible, irrelevant to the society that God has called you to be a light to. Are we paying attention here? Are we paying attention? I don't want distractions anywhere there. When you are in church, you pay attention. Praise the Lord. Many people advocate that we be very liberal in training up our children. Let, I'm going to shut down with this. The next week, I'm going to look at training and teaching. Because what many of us have been doing is we've been teaching our children. <laughs> but there's a difference between teaching and training. The Bible says train, not teach. I know somebody raised a question with me that, are you saying that when a child grows, a child, okay, they said they've seen children, you know, go into the world, live the Christian faith in a sense, live their, live their faith in a sense, right? Not like they rejected Christ. Went to try everything else in the world and later they came back to what God has. Uh, the, the disciplines and the, uh, and the Christian practices that the parents have shown them and they go back to their senses. But I'm going to address that probably next week because we're out of time now. I need, to, I need to move on. But let me leave you something. So that word train, right? You know, when the Bible says train up a child in the way it should go. Now, it's from the Hebrew work Hanak. Uh, hopefully, I got it properly, right? I'm, you know, I'm not a very Greek, uh, Hebrew, uh, sorry, Greek, I mean, I'm not a, uh, sorry, Hebrew. So I'm mixing up Hebrew in my, in my head. Now, so that word train there, you know, because it's in the Old Testament, right? It's the Hebrew. Now, it's, called, it's, it's pronounced H A, spelled H A N A K. I want to put it as Hanak, right? So I don't know. I should have checked with Google to get the right pronunciation. H A N A K. Now, what it means is this to properly narrow. Right, to narrow the options of a child. Right? To narrow the options of a child. Now, the child does not have the mental capacity or an emotional capacity to make decisions for themselves. You as the parent is meant to be the architect of their life to a very much extent. And to know what is good for them and know what to channel it into their life. Because a child, the curiosity of a child is powerful. You've got to mind what you allow your children to be exposed to. A child does not have the mental capacity to handle some... If your child is exposed to some things, some content they should not be exposed to, it can ruin them because they don't have the emotional stamina to, to differentiate between right and wrong. So they go with the flow. Praise the Lord. Lord, of So to train up a child means to what? To properly narrow, to discipline, right? To narrow your child's options from anything from anything goes to pointing them to a biblical path. Everything should not go. There is a path. The Bible says there's a path that seems right to, the, to a person, but the end leads to destruction. Right? So the path you guide your child in should not be the one that leads to destruction. Parents, can you say that parenting is a responsibility? Amen. And requires being present, paying attention. See, this is, don't make, it may sound overwhelming, but it is not. 
when you start, when you begin to learn these things and you, you, you read them over and over, you listen to them over and over, at some point it becomes muscle memory. Right? In the past few weeks, I've read probably like five, four, six books in, um, twice and some portion repeatedly. Right? And as that yesterday, some things are actually coming to my mind and becoming simple. But when I started reading them, it was hard. So the more you practice it, it becomes, you know, it becomes kind of second nature. Amen. So it may, the stats may be difficult, may be tough because you're not used to it, but it gets easier along the line. Praise the Lord. So don't get discouraged. Just start. Amen. Start doing the right thing. So children left to themselves bring their parents to shame. Does that go, back, go in line with what Proverbs chapter 24 says? He said, he who spares his rose, he's his son. But he who loves him, disciplines him promptly. Proverbs 13, 24. If you love your child, you discipline them promptly. You start the work now very quickly. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. In the name of Lord Jesus, your word has come to us. Uh, Father, I pray for other parents here. Every parent that's listening to me. And um, every single person who is looking to go into parenting. I pray for understanding, Father. Lord, I pray for strength in the name of the Lord Jesus. Strength in the name of the Lord Jesus. Strength in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for our community. I pray for resources to help us, Father, to begin to, 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 to start bringing a, a kind of a revolution to parenting, to be light to other parents, to be light to our community. I pray for help for us to raise our children to be representative of you in their world, in their schools, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray for healing in the lives of the parents here, wherever they are struggling, you know, or they feel inadequate, incompetent, Lord, and based on their upbringing, Lord, I pray for healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Parents who ought to have had some conversations with their children and have not done that, Lord, I pray for strength to wish them and the courage to have those conversations with their children in the name of the Lord Jesus. Where there are strange relationships, relationships between parents and children, Lord, I pray for restoration. I pray for peace in these homes in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, I bless your holy name. Lord, I thank you because of, because, this, because of this hour and time of restoration, of healing in these homes in the name of Jesus. Every child has run away from home because of the hostility or strained relationship between themselves and their parents. Lord, I pray for healing in the heart of the child. I pray that families be reunited in the name of Jesus. As I speak your word, as I speak your blessings and your, your, your word of healing over these homes, Lord, I pray for manifestation of your word, of, of, of the power of your word and prayer in these lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' name we're praying. Amen. Praise God. Right, so let's go around the table.